0: Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. it has been a while, but we are back with a warning for spoilers. <laughs> uh, welcome to The Brad Report. You can find us on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify, or whatever you're currently listening to. Uh, please rate and review us, five stars only. Make sure you subscribe so you can get our frequent episodes as well as our infrequent ones. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just type in the Brad report and you'll find us. Uh, This episode, uh, obviously, if you've clicked it on, you see that the episode is titled Dune. We're going to be reviewing the new movie, not the book. Uh, We're going to be reviewing the new movie and just taking a dive into what I guess will now be known as Dune Part Mm 1. Uh, yeah. In the in uh, the future, because part two was announced. Uh, this is just the first half of the adaption of the book. Uh, but before we get into that, we're just going to dive into the summary. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply, of the most precious resource in existence. Only those who can conquer their fear will survive.
1: Hmm. Very good.
0: There it is. So, uh, do you want to kick us off with themes?
1: Yeah. So I, I think the first theme that you kind of have to talk about with Dune is, um, kind of human control. Of ecology, right? The fight mm-hmm. with humans and their environment. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Dune, Arrakis is a planet of, of desert, right? It's all desert. It's all sand. Absolutely. Things don't grow there. Uh, there's very little water. The water that is there is trapped underneath the surface. And so things don't really grow there. <clears throat> but Paul has a vision of, and so does Dr. Elliot Kynes, of transforming arrakis into this like beautiful lush green kind of wonderland and so you've got this kind of battle of well the the planet is a sand trap and a desert but humans want to shape it into something else Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of interesting battle of man versus, versus nature
0: yeah absolutely i think the first thing that i have that stands out to me is the one of prophecy and destiny mm. because you very quickly find out that Paul's mother yeah Jessica has been kind of there's this figure that's been foretold and they've been like the the Benjy have been crossing bloodlines to try and bring this messiah like figure forth
1: yeah the Quizatz Haderach the
0: Quizatz Haderach yeah super confusing um word to say but and she was told to not have sons but she has a son Mm. anyway and they've been doing this and then even paul uh, has these visions himself of what the future is going to be and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't and him trying to bear up under the weight of what everyone's telling him to do and what he has to choose to do of, is this, is this foretold? Am I, am I forced to do this Mm. or do I have free will of choice? Um, because the things he sees and things he learns, sometimes it comes to fruition. And sometimes very clearly at the end, we realize that some of the things he's seeing will never come true. Yeah. And it just really kind of plays with and toys with that idea. Because even as he's interacting with different people, they're reciting prophecies about yeah. him.
1: So as soon as the Fremen meet him, they call him the Lizan al Al Gaib, right? Yeah, which is their 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 Messiah, essentially mm-hmm. the one who's going to come and and free the the Fremen and rise up and transform Dune into this wonderful, beautiful place and whatnot. Yeah. And so they definitely think of him. Yeah, it's interesting the whole thing with with Paul and Determinism is interesting throughout throughout the books for sure. But right? I'm, try, I'm trying, sure I'm trying, to, I'm trying, to, trying yeah. to focus on this this movie, yeah, uh, particularly. Yeah, so he in this movie he definitely know, he sees kind of his future unfolding, right? So there's the scene in the yeah. desert,
0: and he sees this one girl again and again and yeah, again, yeah, Cheney. Yeah.
1: Um. So he sees her, and he ends up meeting her. Right? He doesn't have have a choice in the matter, really. Um, Paul doesn't get to choose to be the lizan al gaib or the quiz at is just something that's thrust upon him Mm -hmm. um and this will be explored more in the next movie but in the desert when him and his his mom lady jessica are trapped together in this tent underground which was really cool by the way i thought that was super
0: cool very Um, well done
1: yeah that was that was neat but when they're in this tent underground paul has a freak out he has a little panic attack because he can see the future of the path that he, like one of the possible paths he could take. Yeah. That involves this like Fremen worship of him slash kind of a holy war. We call it my holy war. Yeah. Right. I, I see my holy war and it's freaking him out. Yeah. But then at the very end of the movie, he kind of, he comes to the realization that even though he's seen that path and doesn't like it, it's still his best option for getting out. Mm-hmm. because his mom wants to leave Arrakis, She wants uh, Stilgar, the Fremen leader of the C-H, Yeah, She wants uh, Stilgar to kind of get them all for it. And Paul's like, no, we have to go to the C.H. because even though this isn't what I want, this is still the best path forward. And so he's trapped in this, in this path. Yeah. regardless of if he wants it or not
0: having the the clearness of mind to to separate himself from the situation and still see that okay this may not be this holy war may not be what i want but in terms of fulfilling his father's uh dream mm-hmm. and vision of the place um not a prophecy or vision but like what he was trying to achieve he's like this is how we're going to do it
1: yeah yeah what i also think it's interesting so you think of the quote from his dad when he said um Oh, let me look it up i had it, i have it somewhere based on leadership and he says a great man doesn't seek to lead he's called to it mm. right
0: that's a good and one. his
1: father talked about how he didn't want to be the leader of house atreides originally duke leto didn't want to be the leader of house atreides when paul's grandfather passed yeah um but through his own way i think is what he called it. through his own path he ended up um you know, he ended up being the leader regardless, right? It just kind of happened to him. He fell into it eventually, mm-hmm. and so you kind of get the seeds of determinism like sown into this movie from the get go. He's like, "Hey, I didn't want to be the leader of the house either, but some things you don't get the choice in, yeah. right? You don't choose to lead this. You're you're called to it."
0: Yeah, and then he still has the the just the love and care for a son where paul is saying well what if i'm i'm still no good at it yeah and he says well then i'll still love you because you're my son which is a really sweet moment Mm. it is sweet
1: yeah do you think that there are like certain aspects about your life and through like through like genetics
0: essentially Ooh, through my genetics
1: where there's really not
0: Nature versus there's, nurture. there's not a
1: choice for you in certain manner, That Some paths you will walk down regardless because of, of who you are.
0: Um, I mean, but there's so many things that shape who I am, right? Okay,
1: so all of it, like, I don't know, combined, do you think that there's some paths that you have to walk down? Mm, I mean, I have to down walk down, down my
0: stairs like every morning to okay, get out of my phone. Right. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Um, all right. No, I think uh, I mean I think it just depends on cuz like even his his mother um has been training him has been nurturing him to be this person. Yeah. And he didn't choose it and he, he was just like all right fine let's go over the lessons and yeah. like and so I guess that um you know our parents have profound impacts on us um whether we like it or not you know, good and bad. Um, And there's, I would say that some, some of it is because, like, we are genetically their children, Mm -hmm. like our parent, we are genetically our parents children, but we also are, who were nurtured by and raised around by those same people by our parents Mm -hmm. or guardians or whoever it may be, that has an impact. And shaping us and molding us as well and that will inform like how we make decisions how we don't make decisions um personality traits and everything so i would i would want to say yes and no um because you could it could be determinism it could be not but like people have free will okay to choose
1: okay uh moving on to another theme i think this theme is really important in dune and we get This, I think, this movie really foreshadows it a lot, um, which I'm assuming the second movie will kind of come to the fruition of it. This movie hints on colonialism and like imperialism. Oh, for sure. Right. So you have the the Harkonnens, who have ruled on Dune, ruled on Arrakis for what they say eighty years, seventy years. Yeah, eighty years. They've ruled on Arrakis for a long time, and they have. The Harkonnens have essentially their policy with the Fremen people, which the Fremen are like the local people group. Their policy with the Fremen is they're nothing. Yeah. Right. Exterminate them if they're in your way. Kill them if they are messing with spice production.
0: Hindrances, you know. Yep.
1: Out of sight, out of mind. Want nothing to do with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this people group, this native people group who has, who has outworlders, what they call other world, which I think is a really, I really like that outworlder. Yeah. I don't know that phrase I think is really clever writing. Um, Cause it takes like a very normal phrase and makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but outworlders are, have come in and are one taking their resources, their spice, right? It's their planet
0: living on their, uh-huh. yeah,
1: living on their ancestral home. Mm-hmm. And, also like slaughtering and killing them, treating harshly. Right. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to connect dots too much, but the parallels are pretty, pretty striking to the way other <laughs> people groups have been treated on other
0: nations. Oh, for sure. For sure. In and other places and places close to. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I think that's like, because, you know, and we talk about the hero's journey. Like, this yeah. isn't some some new idea that's never been touched no, on No, 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 for sure. Uh, but the way in which this, that makes this movie and book really particular is, like, this book was originally published in 1965. Yeah. Which, and many people herald the book as, like, kind of the originator and birth of sci-fi as we know it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, which is really cool. And, like, Tolkien was alive when this book was written. That's a weird thing to think and about. And <laughs> like, yeah, so that's and like people he, sent it to him and he didn't really like it. Uh, like, I, I know, right? Really. It wasn't his thing. I think he was I well, think, he he he, he, might have he, a little... he wrote a I think there's a footnote about one of his comments he's like, you know, as one writer to another like, yeah, I might be kind of jealous. Like, mm. and so he he cited that as a reason and like someone sent him a book to read and he's like, "Hey, I've got one." Would you like me to send it back or send it on to someone else in a letter? And so, but yeah, that's how old this book is. Like, I
1: guess I never framed, uh, I I don't know. I just don't think of Tolkien when I think of Dune, but that's interesting to think about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Tolkien died in like 73. Yeah. And this was written in 65. So yeah. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, but now, so just go back to the, the Fuhrman real quick. So the For Fuhrman, sure. the Furman are a depressed people group. They're the native people group. But going back to one of the things you said earlier with...
0: I said? Or you said? You said it. Oh, think, I said it.
1: Okay. With uh, kind of the religious symbol overtone. Look, you said, we talked about determinism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, there is this heavy religious hand in this, in this movie. Yeah, in prophetic, very it's Messiah not, heavy. Paul is the... Is, Ilsan al ghaib and he is the Kwisatz Haderach, mm-hmm. which means to the Fremen people, he is their messiah. And they yeah. recognize him as the redeemer who is coming, who is the outworlder who will help the Fremen rise up above mm-hmm. the outworlders. And so not only do you have the the oppression, but you also have the liberation, mm-hmm. right? In this movie, you just get the seeds of liberation, right? You see that Paul is the the savior and you see the fremen adopt him as their savior Mm -hmm. or as their messiah yeah and so we we get the beginning of the liberation from oppression
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think um man i think another theme was just kind of the um just the the plots and the planning Mm. the what all the things that um you know Lady Jessica has her plots that she's and like the
1: well and even the, she is just a a small part of a plot from the Bene Gesserit
0: yeah from a huge it's that's been, been going on thousands, thousands of years, thousands of years. Yeah. yeah and then you've got the Baron who's got the and uh-huh. the Emperor who have been making this plot that plays out in this film specifically against the House of Atreides mm-hmm. And it's all kind of going on in the background. And, but it's having huge implications on everything that's occurring in the movie. You know, the, all the plots and the plans and the, why did the Harkonnens leave? Why are the Atreides now in charge right. after they'd been there for 80 years? Um, and it, they kind of get commanded by the Emperor who we don't see in this. And they're just saying, like, okay, yeah, we have to go. Like we can't say no. Yeah. And then um, Duke Leto in the book, they play this up more, but uh, in this movie, he just towards the, before his death, he already knows that like, yeah. they've been given a death sentence.
1: Yeah. Well, they mention in the movie, like he mentions that this is a, like I'm
0: we trying were to remember the exact to fail. quote,
1: but yeah, he knows that this is not a, a, a legitimate, promotion or a legitimate gift from the emperor. Yeah. He knows that the emperor is up to something and that's somehow this is um I, I think the way Leto frames it in the movie versus the book is different, but in the movie he frames it as the emperor wants the harkonnens and the Atreides to fight so that both houses get weaker. Yeah. Right. Whereas in the book it seems like he knows not only is this like a move against him but in the book, I think he knows he's marching to his death. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, he seems like he just thinks that
0: he's trying to be uh, resilient. That they're into... going
1: to just kind of lower the houses and then not necessarily full on extermination.
0: Yeah. 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 So the the plots and mm-hmm. the the behind the scenes of like, um, there's a word for it that's involves spycraft, but I can't think of it right now. Espionage. Espionage. Yes. Espionage. That's a good one. Yeah. Is that so the word? That's the word. Yes. Any more themes for you?
1: No, we kind of hit on them. The only other one I had was just kind of religious overtones or religious symbolism. But we ended up uh, with the prophecies and uh, um, even like the, like, almost like seeing the Benny Gesserit. So I know the, you know, they, they kind of set this up, right? It's not like an authentic. Um, well, in some ways it is authentic because it happened. Yeah. So whatever. But, uh, you know in some ways they are like prophets, right? They went out and foretold of the coming Messiah who eventually did come. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you just have tons of religious overtones in this, this movie. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now we're going to do some storytelling, talking about what the movie did good, what the movie did bad. And Also, for this movie, we're going to talk about some of the differences between the book and the movie. So, Brad, you want to start us off with something you think this movie did well?
0: Can I talk about how beautiful this movie looks? Oh, yes. I mean, Dude. I think that's far and away, like sci-fi lovers, movie lovers, just casual observer. If somebody walks into a room, yeah, look and see the what's on the screen and say that is beautiful yeah well that's like denny that's like denny's thing right? oh it's yeah whether you're watching sicario
1: arrival blade runner uh, 2049 dune is just like another in a long line a long line of like extremely beautiful films that he's made. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so that's just far and away because there was an, a, another dune movie adaption of the book yeah i think it was in the 80s 84 I 80s Um, So, and it's like, it's bad. Yeah. Like, it's bad. But, of course, with, you know, development of technology, technology, graphics, everything, the cameras, you just look at this place, and even though it's a desert, you just think, wow, this place is gorgeous. All right, is
1: there a favorite, uh, like, shot of yours that you... When you think about this movie, is there, like, one or two shots that, like, stand above as, like, wow?
0: I think when... I think it's when Paul is having his vision when they're trying to rescue the carrier from the sandworm. Mm. And you can see the flex. (coughs) You can see the flex of the spice in the Mm. air around him. And there's just a close-up on his face. And you can see something's happening to him. Mm. But at that point, you... In other times, you've been able to see what he's seeing, and at that point, you can't see it. Mm. And there's just like the wind's blowing, the sand is coming in. You know, Gurney's trying to get him out of there. They're trying to save the people, and like the sandworm is coming. Yeah. So, but that shot in particular just looked gorgeous.
1: Yeah. That was a great one. Um, I'm trying to think. The. All the shots of the intergalactic travel were gorgeous. Like the one that had the uh almost, I don't know, even you know what it's called. Like, like, it was almost like a big giant gate.
0: spaceships. Yeah. It was like
1: a gate almost mm-hmm. um, in outer space and the ships were, were passing through it. That was beautiful. Um One shot that really stood up to me, it wasn't beautiful, but it was kind of breathtaking in a way is the first time we meet Baron Harkonnen and we see his, um,
0: Kind of back brace yeah
1: we see it lift him up yeah so in, in the book they explain but baron is he's too <laughs> he's too fat to walk um he's so fat that he can't walk anymore yeah but he has this series of harnesses that essentially make him lighter than he is so that he can move and walk and the book i always pictured this i i've read it's the like book a, a pulley few system times. Yeah, a pulley system and also something that's kind of like disperses his weight out so that he can walk, not something that like lifts him and so that he floats like that. Like that I thought yeah. was really interesting take on it. And the first time we, see, we we I saw Baron kind of float off the ground I was like, "Oh, wow.
0: You know, like, that is so cool." Also with just the music that they had for his scenes oh. is super intimidating. Yeah. And like it's almost like when he's activated like when he wants to move it's like okay you know you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. Um so that was great. Um I'm trying to think of other other shots that I thought were beautiful. Um Oh, one I thought was really cool when Paul was hiding from the hunter seeker and he was almost he was inside that like yeah that of, little of uh, kind
0: of like light projector. That was a cool that was that really, really cool. cool.
1: Um First time we see a sandworm up close, you know, when it comes out of the ground and uh, not the first time, actually, I take that back. But when we see Paul kind of stare the sandworm down,
0: that was cool. Yeah. When they escape yeah. to get on the rocks. Yeah. I mean, just so
1: many beautiful shots in this film.
0: Yeah. Um, you got. I think even just when they were like flying in their little kind of like locust looking crafts. Yeah. Uh, flying around there. And it's just, yeah, it looked great. Which, that's not what I pictured an ornithopter to look like yeah like in my head i just pictured a helicopter but
1: yeah i'm glad denny read it and not you know yeah not me, those like, those he's like awesome. let's make this
0: look more spacey. those look cool yeah it looks super cool
1: um I'll, so next thing Oscar I think,
0: Isaac's beard looks great <laughs>
1: uh next thing i think this movie did really well was Hans Zimmer's score
0: ah yeah the music was amazing i mean
1: it it was just, you know, it really matched the tone and matched the moods and made you feel things, right? It not only match it, set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. I can just think of all the like, anytime we had like real strong, like Fremen religious overtones and you got the the the, the music with kind of the, the whispering
0: chants in the background mm-hmm. and just very good. Yeah, it was really good, man. Hans Zimmer, what a guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great. He's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think another thing that this movie does well is in taking the source material, mm. knowing that it's so vast, it's like we can't do this yeah, justice you can't do in one movie. Yeah, although that's a good point. So breaking it up, one book into two movies, and the movie's it's over two hours. Yeah, two
1: hours, and I think 35 minutes. Yeah, like so
0: pretty long movie. Yeah. But it takes its time in establishing itself Mm -hmm. it's moving slow and it's not in a rush to to even like beat you over the head with all of these new sci-fi terms that you have to learn right and adapt to it gives you time in the moment and in the scenes as they're happening to understand and figure out what's going on what is the context who are all these people because in the book this is a book versus movie comparison the first thing is you jump into Paul putting his hand like the Benny Gesserit's there and he's putting his hand in the box and you're like, and they're throwing out all these names and you're like, I don't know who any of these people are, yeah, you know, and that was super confusing, but they even took time before that scene, which where is where the book starts to, okay, who is Paul? Who is uh, Duke Leto? Who is his mother? You know, who is Duncan Idaho? You know, mm-hmm. who is uh, Gurney and all these other yeah. people?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Um, and going along with that, another thing I think this did really well is I think it I think it did as good of a job as you possibly can of honoring the source material and staying true to it for as much as you can, right? Um, I mean, it was a two and a half hour movie and they still cut stuff out because you have to. You I, have I, to. I, I, yeah, so, you know, you're not going to penalize a, a movie for doing that, but even with cutting stuff out, they they did not deviate from the story they didn't change um any like major characters in any like significant way um they changed dr lee Kynes, kinds obviously um but it wasn't like a i don't know it was totally good it was fine it was great but you know paul was was paul and his story stayed true to the arc that he had in the book Mm -hmm. and i thought that was good yeah you got anything else you want to mention in this story? Um, for the good. Um, no, I think I'm good. Uh,
0: I'm good on the good.
1: Okay, I think another thing the, the I thought the fighting choreography was really good. That was I, well done. When the fight scene, and it was only in a vision, so it wasn't you know a quote unquote real fight. Yeah. But the vision fight of Paul Atreides in the Fremen battle suits.
0: Oh yeah. Fighting the that was crazy. That fight scene was so well, even the fight, the practice fight with him and Gurney, yeah, that was good. And then Duncan Idaho's Mm -hmm. kind of hallway fights,
1: yeah, Duncan's hallway fight was really good. That was pretty cool.
0: Um, Um, but I thought all
1: the fight choreography was good,
0: yeah, Yeah, that was super solid. So, Duncan Idaho, oh, so sad. Read the second book, Brad. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there. Spoilers. No, all I said was read the second book, man. All right, I'll try and get there. Um, yeah, I think overall the actors that were—I'll say a few more things like for okay. good. the good—the actor selection, the choices, sure. the casting was great. Um, I do feel like Oscar Isaac gets killed in a lot of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sure, but even then, um, yeah, I think like jason momoa as duncan idaho was great mm-hmm. you know timothy chalamet was great as paul uh i think rebecca um ferguson
1: yeah rebecca Ferguson as lady, lady jessica. jessica
0: zendaya as chaney. chaney yeah even as javier bardem as Stilgar. yeah and even like really some of the side characters like dave batista uh Ravon. david dalmatian you know yeah. all those uh and then even the Baron, just like all those oh, casting, is so good. The Baron was awesome. Yeah, he was great. What's um, about bad? Okay, what, what what do you think this movie did poorly? Um, whew, I think that's a good question because there's nothing that really jumps out at you that like, oh, this was done poorly. I think some of the for part of the challenges is. And this may be me nitpicking, so take it for what it's worth. Is learning the world hmm. is is can be difficult, sure, especially for a casual viewer that hasn't read the books like you or I have. So I go in. I've we both go into this movie knowing exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and then just waiting to see it play out. So I think, but in that that was kind of one of the things that was troubles with the book as well. But having yeah but if you watch it and, and it does have a slow pace it makes sense so mm.
1: yeah no that's fair i honestly the only thing that i thought i was like man i didn't really love that was i i, I like this actor but i did not love josh brolin as, as gurney as gurney, gurney Halleck. Mm. and so the reason is so in, in the books gurney is very um so he is—he's a war guy. He's very—he's very martial, right? Very yeah. serious, which Josh Brolin is very good at that. Um, but the one—the one thing about Gurney is he's serious, uh, except when he's not, right? Like he—he's yeah. serious with a heart of gold. Um, yeah. And every now and then, the book he bursts out in song. He plays the lyre. He sings. He recites poetry, uh, and you kind of get a whimsical feel about him, right? A very um, kind of whimsical feel in those moments, and. And Josh Brolin, he did like they did have lines where he he was quoting poetry or he would recite verses during the movie, but it
0: they just played him as very one dimensional. He was
1: still very serious even when he was like reciting poetry, and it's like, oh that that's not how I yeah. pictured Gurney, or not even how I pictured him, just how he's depicted in the book. It felt like a shift in his his person.
0: Well, I, and I think that robs away also what we're going to see in part two, yeah, uh, from his character development because spoilers um you didn't see him die in the, that battle at the end of the movie so he's going to be in the the second part right and he has a huge story arc there no for sure with um with uh with the all, Harkonnens yeah, and, and everything yeah with everything you he, like he's a major character and take, and that's where he kind of becomes more embittered and angry mm-hmm. from his whimsical right self. and so it, so it, you're robbing him of that change of the arc. yeah right
1: and so I, I didn't like that um because you're right, we do see Gurney go from whimsical and serious to just serious. But I feel like this movie kind of started him there already. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's really the only thing. Yeah, and he's a very he's an important character, but he's like I don't know fourth most important character, give yeah. or take. So yeah, so it's okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Any uh, book versus. Movie comparisons uh, you want to shout out like they did yeah, this well so, they didn't do this as well. Well, I don't know if it's besides anything we've did, already touched on. Did
1: well or did poorly? Um, they just they changed a couple things. So one thing they changed: Doctor Leah at Kynes, mm-hmm. Um obviously is a man in the movie is a woman in the book. Totally fine, whatever. But they also they changed Doctor. You Kynes. mean woman in the movie, man in the book? Did I say it backwards? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, a woman in the movie. Um But they. They changed Dr. Kynes' death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in the book, Dr. Kynes dies face down in the desert, dehydrated and delirious. Mm-hmm. And there is a sort of literary aspect of this is an outworlder who was sent to govern. Uh, there's a very Moses feeling yeah. to Dr. Kynes, where Dr. Kynes has been telling he's accepted as a fremen by the fremen mm-hmm. or she or he whatever but yeah 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 um but dr kynes is accepted in the fremen and dr kynes preaches to the fremen essentially like i i, I see arrakis as a wonderland right mm-hmm. i see it as this beautiful thing and it can be this beautiful thing i'm going to help make it there i'm going to help bring uh the fremen to the new arrakis mm-hmm. and then he dies in the desert from dehydration yeah so there's 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 this very literary uh moses type figure where he doesn't see the promised land but he promises it yeah um and then the movie they change it to a more cinematic ending right where he gets or she sorry she gets stabbed in the back by the starter car
0: um and so i don't even know that and then she she sacrifices herself herself to kill kill some of them yeah
1: yeah, and so I don't know if it's um, good or bad necessarily. I just think the book really hits home the Dr. Kind's role as the prophet who doesn't get to experience the promise that yeah. the prophet foretold. Mm. Whereas in the the movie, it's much more of like a cinematic heroic death as yeah. opposed to a sad death. And so it's just um, – I'm not sure if it's good or bad,
0: but that's yeah. one difference
1: that isn't there for sure. Yeah,
0: Did – was uh, – Doctor Doctor Yue, did he die the same way? Because uh, I thought he had more more time in the books than than what we saw in the movies. I couldn't remember. So
1: yeah, that wasn't a big shift um, at all. From, okay. from, the, from the movie to the book. Um, they did they didn't it. talk about his uh, conditioning. like yeah. they do in the books, but whatever. I mean, they kind of like you don't have time to explain everything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially something like is kind of. Convoluted as a physician, Behavioral physician condition, conditioning. Yeah. Um, there's no Fade Ralph in the book. Fade Ralph, the kind of conniving nephew of the Baron, that's kind of scheming to take power. Yeah, uh, there was Baron Rabon, played by Batista. Or not yeah. Baron, uh, nephew Rabon. Yeah, but Fade Ralph was not in the book, or not in the movie anyway. Yeah. In the book. Um, let's see oh another one the mintats had a much lesser role in the movie than they do in the book
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh piter the Mentat for baron harkonnen and Fufir howard yeah the Mintat for um later yeah, later yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, they just didn't play as big of a role but same thing with fader alpha it's like i don't know there's, there's only, only so, so many using, hours yeah, right? yeah like, you can we, squeeze we in. can't have a 10-hour movie yeah you just can't so i get it and i'm not unless you want them in a series right and so i'm not like this isn't a criticism necessarily it's, it's just so you
0: have to change things
1: it's just this is what they changed and left out um yeah so that's all i got for that do you have anything
0: um no i think you you hit it all very oh one thing sorry oh there you go
1: one thing uh that i did think would have been interesting there's no princess iran in this movie
0: princess iran yeah i'm, I'm blanking, You're blanking on that oh,
1: <laughs> so princess iran is the daughter of the emperor
0: well he mentions that at the end
1: well but in the book Every chapter begins with an epitaph written by Princess Irlon
0: mm. about
1: Paul Atreides.
0: Oh. So every chapter
1: begins with a historical writing from Princess Irlon about Paul Atreides the man.
0: Oh. It's kind of this like
1: this narrator throughout. And I was wondering if we are going to get some type of voiceover with her or anything like that. Like she
0: would be the one um, narrating the story. Yeah, or something like that. Oh, okay. But we didn't
1: get that, so that, I thought that was an interesting shift. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't looked up why Denny took that out or decided not to do anything with that. But I did think it was a very interesting decision not to do that. Because in the book, it's, it's every chapter. It's yeah. written by the Princess Geron, You know, mm-hmm. So I don't
0: know. Ooh. Maybe we'll see something in the future. Well, she'll
1: be in the second movie. Either she's in the second movie or he changes a lot in the future. So Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, that's great. Right. All right. Getting back into scenes and in quotes or quotes and scenes, depending on how we normally do it. I'm pretty sure we switch it every single time. That's okay though. Uh, that is okay though. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Um, yeah. What scenes did you like first?
1: Uh, I really love the scene where the, the Reverend mother, is testing Paul with the gum Jabar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because that is a very interesting scene in the book, and I was just I was very excited to see how they did it in the movie. Um, and I thought it was well done. It was interesting, right? The the explanation that she's testing him to see if he's an animal, essentially, yeah, because he has so much power and his mind is so vast uh, with abilities that if he is someone who gives into impulses and is irrational then the benny jesuit would would kill him because he wouldn't be he'd be too dangerous to be left alive and so they're kind of testing him to see like oh are you going to think through how you use your abilities or are you going to just be kind of shooting at the hip the whole time because if you're shooting it from the hip like you're too dangerous we can't let you live yeah um but i thought it was interesting um just the the way the whole thing looked and the way uh, even, like, the size of the needle I thought was fun. Yeah, like, in, it's just in my so mind, small. Yeah, in my mind, I, I pictured it, like, bigger and, and you know, whatever. But I, I thought it was really good. I thought yeah. it was a cool
0: scene. Yeah. I loved um, the scene where he's uh, – he and Jessica are escaping. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to fly through the storm to, like, cover yeah. them. Yeah. And he has this vision of this guy that he's a Fremen that he sees later yeah. and fights. And he's telling him, hey, you just got to let go. And even
1: kills, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, yeah, that's one of the things that, um, and he has a vision because he sees this guy and he had a vision of him. He's like, his one of his instincts is like, I'm going to be friends with this person. He's going to teach me a lot. And then he also has another vision of him getting killed by that guy. Yep. And... The thing is, is like both of those visions he had, both of them end up not being true.
1: Yeah. So they don't explain it because, I mean, you know. It's a, it's a movie. Right. He can explain <laughs> everything. But the way his premonition works in the books, um, Melange, or the spice, grants people access to premonition.
0: Yeah. They the say vision. that. They mention um, It's like yeah, one yeah, yeah. line uh-huh. in the movie. Yeah, and they they
1: mentioned that helps the navigators and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for certain people, the way how much it affects you or the kind of vastness of the abilities it gives you is determined on essentially like the power of your mind. Yeah. And so with Paul's mind being so, so vast, right? Him mm-hmm. being the actual super smart, the Kwisatz Hatterat. Yeah. um Melange gives him essentially, he can, and then he'll get more and more abilities as this goes on, but like, um at, at a certain point he eventually gains the ability to see all possible futures depending on what path you take mm-hmm. right so whatever decision anyone makes eventually paul will be so powerful he can see oh you took you decided to do that that means
0: this 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 happening. this Yeah. yeah
1: um, and so what he's seeing now is the beginning of that like oh i'm seeing the multiple ways this can play out it could play out where he's my friend it could play out where he kills me uh-huh. or it could play out or i kill him like, these yeah. are the ways that it could happen yeah so that's a super that's a really cool uh, i love i thought that was a really interesting way they did that
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i really like that scene a lot yeah that's good um let's see
1: come to borrow that i i thought that the yeah flying find the desert was great um i thought that just them walking through the desert and then seeing the worm and running from the worm was yeah the that was Jessica really crazy Paul, yeah um doing the sandwalk was interesting that was really cool. I love the way they explained that like because um, in the book they just they essentially just say you have to walk unrhythmically yeah <laughs> and it's like, it's like what does that it's, mean? Like, how do it's like how do I, I visualize and, that? yeah and so the way that they you know that you're kind of dancing yeah in a way and you're changing your patterns as you're walking I thought that was really really good yeah but I thought that scene of them running was pretty pretty cool.
0: Yeah. One one of the scenes that I really liked, and I only it only has full appreciation because of another scene. Okay. And when Gurney comes in and Paul's training and he says, I could have been assassin, why'd you keep your back to the door? Mm. And he says, I recognized your footsteps. Yeah. And then later when Stilgar comes in and he's talking uh-huh. and Stilgar, who's one of the Fremen, says, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then Paul kind of responds and like under his breath to himself, I recognize your footsteps. Yeah. Which is really, really just like you're like, that's when because the people got there and the Fremen were like, Oh, you're you're our savior person. And then that's when he finally starts to be like, Something's going on here.
1: Well, that's that's when Stilgar's like, Maybe he is. Yeah. Because I think, I think Stilgar initially is pretty skeptical that Paul can be, uh, that lives on Al- Al-Gaib. Yeah. But I think when he hears that, and he's like, you knew me by my footsteps, right? Yeah. And that's when it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe there's something to this whole whole thing. Maybe yeah. Maybe you are.
0: Yeah. So I thought those those scenes in just parallel yeah. with
1: one another. That's good.
0: Uh, Were really, really cool. Yeah, that's good.
1: Um, I love the intro to Arrakis. That was great. We have Cheney. Um, or Doom. It's it's what the movie opens. to. it opens to kind of explaining what Arrakis is, and you see Cheney, and she's kind of narrating about this planet, about uh, we're oppressed by by these people. We live yeah. on this planet, but it's not ours. Harkonnens uh-huh. and like
0: who our new oppressor is going to be. Yeah, and it's it's, yeah. So,
1: it's really good. And you see them like attacking Sardaukar and then getting blown back with all this like uh, just more advanced weaponry, essentially. And Uh, I thought the intro was really great. Yeah, that was a good scene.
0: That was really well done. I'm trying to think. um, What else?
1: The Harkonnen Invasion.
0: Harkonnen Invasion. Was really cool.
1: That was really cinematic. Um, I mean, just the the fire and the missiles. Oh, that was a very cinematic invasion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I liked the part where even though Gurney was just like, you could tell he was the part where he was training Paul is in their training series. And he's like, do you understand? Like, you don't understand what's happening. Like you're yeah. too young. You don't get this. You don't get this. And, and like, we didn't do, get a promotion. <laughs> we didn't get a promotion. And like, he says, do you know who these people are? He, and the way he says, they are brutal. Yeah. It like lets let you understand, like, He's trying his hardest to get Paul to understand what they're walking in. They're walking right. into a death trap. Yeah. And he still doesn't get it at that point.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that was really good as well. Um, I thought that the, the Baron, the whole, the trap that the Baron set. Um. So I'm trying to think of how to, so from the moment that Foo Fear, um for howard like puts a tooth or shows uh duke leto the tooth yeah from the moment that to the moment that um duke leto bites and releases the gas yeah all of that was great yeah so oscar isaac in the chair leaning uh, back leaning back like, drug fully like de-clothed um yeah Right? I mean, you don't see anything, but like, it, it's just like a symbol. Of like, he's just lost everything, right? Yeah, uh, you can see that, like, in the symbolism of him being declothed, he has also been dethroned.
0: Yeah, um, and he's like, he is about to be killed.
1: Yeah, it's over, yeah. Uh, and the Baron is feasting and eating, and all of his attendants are around him, and mm-hmm. the Baron has won, and the Baron glides up in front of him, and the Baron puts on his his shield, and then, yeah, and the gas goes everywhere. That was awesome all that was so well done
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so good Mm -hmm. um that was a great scene that was awesome
0: yeah the uh do you have any more scenes Um, i mean i'm sure i could keep going on if i wanted to yeah there's
1: stuff we mentioned like duncan fighting the hallway that was his his last stand was really good
0: yeah um the i like the one where the the hunter seeker comes in yeah that was cool paul paul like hears it and
1: yeah. yeah, the way he snatches out there before it hits um, Mapes. Yeah. the When Paul and Jessica like actually join the Fremen and they're walking with them, the ending. Because yeah. like, when they're walking with the Fremen out after Paul, and Paul has come into his own at this point. He's, he's assertive. He says, no, we're not leaving. We're staying with the like, – we're going to the CH. Because mm-hmm. um, at that point, you're just like, I need the second – I need part two now. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I will stay in this theater. I don't care. Like, right now. Just give me the next. What's coming out next year? Give me the next three hours of my life because I want it. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I want it. Um, so that was awesome. Um, I mentioned the Paul's like premonition fight where he sees himself fighting the starter car. That was. Well, a he keeps sweet having scene. the vision
0: of the the knife over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, again. the Chris he's like, knife. Yeah, yeah. He's like, why is this important? Someone's got a knife. Someone's gonna kill me.
1: Someone's gonna give it to me as a gift. If, and,
0: give it to me as a gift, and like, and it was Cheney. Yep. Um. One scene that I thought was was kind of cool was the
1: Sardaukar rally or the Sardaukar are doing their like war ritual.
0: Yeah. That was weird.
1: That was I, I thought it was kind of cool. It yeah. it definitely made you go, Oh, these people are uh these people are not messing around. <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know that any other scenes that stick out other than like the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think once again the the leto and Paul scene at the beginning is like where they're talking. Where about, they're talking about yeah. destiny and leadership, and
1: they're sitting or they're standing amongst the graves of all the other yeah. great men of House of Well,
0: I think another thing, and we didn't even touch on this before, is like how they keep going back to the the matador and the bull and mm. the bull that's hanging over the doorway. Yeah, and like he Paul reference is like, come on, grandfather used to fight bulls, and he's like, look how that worked out for him, and so like. The the Harkonnens are the bulls. Yeah. Duke and the Leto Atreides is, is the bullfighter.
1: Leto is still a bullfighter. Yeah. Like his father, because
0: he couldn't refuse
1: the appointment. Yeah. And so even he so even he is still a bullfighter like his father was. Yeah. And
0: it and it killed him.
1: Because he couldn't escape his fate.
0: Yeah so that's yeah. good. that's good yeah i just thought of that and i was like man this is because they keep cutting to it the head yeah. of the bull again and again and again yeah throughout the movie and yeah it was really good it's a great point all right let's do some quotes my my favorite quote um
1: from the book Oh, i
0: know what it's gonna be i'm
1: so glad they put in the movie fear is the mind killer fear is the little death that brings obliteration Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings obliteration. I will face my fear and I will permit it to pass over and through me.
0: Lady Jessica. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that was great. Uh, One of the things that I liked about the movie is you, because Duncan Idaho is a great character, but you are immediately endeared to him. When he he like first like grabs Paul, yeah, and gives him a hug, and Paul's even telling him it's like I saw you die, mm. and you can see his face kind of like he's kind of like frowning. He's like, uh, like should I be taking this seriously or like not? And then he says, "Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake." Mm. That's
1: a good one. That's a really good one. So this is one we mentioned a few times but we felt we have to just say it. A great man doesn't seek to lead, he's called to it.
0: Yeah. It's just a good quote. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Even the, the another I think iconic one after Fear is the Mind Killer as uh, the you know is the test. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Uh, so this is good between speaking of that scene between the Reverend Reverend Mother and Paul, she says, What do you see? What did you see? Sorry. A girl on Arrakis. Have you dreamt of her before? Many times. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream dreamt them? Not exactly. Not exactly. Yeah. Which is a good foreshadowing of the, the fact that Paul sees not just the future, but many futures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, yeah. There's so many. I can't. Oh, there's a, here's a quote. I don't even remember where this is, but Duke Leto Tradey says, "Here I am. Here I remain." Mm. That's
1: a good one, uh, Baron Harkonnen. So Raban is Raban doesn't get it right. He is the nephew uh, played by Batista. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't understand why on earth they are giving Iraqis. Yeah, he doesn't to, understand the plan to the Atreides. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get what's happening. And it was, is, I don't remember exactly how he phrases it, but he's like, What are we doing? Like, is this a fake gift? Like, what what's going on? And Baron looks at him and says, When is a gift not a gift? And I thought that was a great quote.
0: Yeah, it was a good quote. Um, Um, I think when, when Gurney and Paul are practicing, Paul's like, he's, he kind of like, you know, Hey, I'm not really into this. Paul says, I guess I'm not in the mood today. Gurney mood. What's mood to do with it. Mm. You fight when the necessity arises, no matter the mood now fight. Yeah. That's such a good thing. It would like, even just for regular life stuff and you're like, oh, I'm not in the mood to do that. And she's just like. Right. Who cares? Like it's necessary for you to do, do to whatever, be responsible, whatever, and to X, yeah whatever it is. And so do it. Mm.
1: This is a good one. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. And it's between, you know, you're talking about Duncan and building like immediate kind of like appreciation or, or kind of trust with the audience. And he says, look at you, you put on some muscle. I did? no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Which I appreciate, because Dune for all of it's obviously got like, great positives, like Dune is not a very funny source material. You know, there's not no, a, a whole lot, no, of no, no. Not very, a lot of humor at all. It's a very serious all. book. Um, and so I, I did appreciate putting like one or two like just kinda subtle quick jokes in there and that one made me chuckle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see think um oh man they're so good
1: all right so here's another quote okay it. go for it that uh kind of calls back to the one that you like it with gurney so much paul says i have you and gurney replies hi but look down my lord you'd have joined me in death i see you found the mood
0: yeah i see you found the mood yeah there's a lot of good ones uh i think that's uh i think uh here's another funner one uh when they it's either they arrive on arrakis or they're getting ready to leave and gurney's just being serious and he and duke Leto says, smile gurney and he's like i am smiling <laughs> that's a good one
1: um we mentioned this our parts of this briefly but Paul says, why are you doing this? Talking about the Gum Jabbar mm-hmm. to the uh Reverend Mother. And she says, An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do?
0: Yeah, what will you do? Yeah, even uh, so this one's kind of towards the end where Leto knows like after they've sit in, like the, the machinery they've given is not working, they like. They lost a crawler and all the spice on it. And so he knows his time is up and he's talking with Jessica. He says, you gave me a son. And from the moment he was born, I never questioned you. I trusted you completely. Even, even when you walked in shadows. Now I'm asking you this one thing. If anything happens, will you protect our son? She says, with my life. He says, I'm not asking as his mother. I'm asking the Benny Gesserit. Will you protect Paul? Hmm. And she says, "Why are you having these thoughts, Lado? This is not you." And he says, "I thought we had more time." That's such a
1: brutal quote. Just, I man, you you do you feel for Lady Jessica in that moment? Um, just when he says, "I'm not asking as uh, as his, I'm not asking his mother. I'm asking the Ben and Jesuit." Yeah, you kind of feel like the gut punch of like, oh man, like. Yeah, because she. The thing is, like, yes, there's this breeding program, and yes, there's this thing of like the bloodlines and the. Uh, had, but like, right? but she loves her son so much, so much, and the the fact that he like he cuts, questions it, he cuts that, cuts past that almost. It's like I'm not asking mom, I'm asking the Vinyjzeret.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that like, that
0: hurts, and she's not even his wife; she's his concubine. Yeah,
1: and they don't really explore that in the movie, but they the,
0: mention it once in the book. And he says, like. Toward, before he dies, he says, I should have married you.
1: In the book, though, that's... that's It's uh, plain
0: from the get-go. Well,
1: yes, but it's also Jessica's idea in a lot of ways because um, marrying him would, quote-unquote, hurt his political power, et cetera, et cetera. But, but yes, yeah, so it's a whole... I mean, it's tough, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this last one I have, it's when they, they first get to Arrakis, essentially, and Paul goes, what are they shouting? Lizan al-Gaib, the voice from the outer world. It's their name for Messiah. It means that the Bene Gesserit have been at work here. And Paul replies, planting superstitions. And Lady Jessica says, preparing the way, Paul. These people have waited for centuries for the Lizan Al-Gaib. They see you. They see the signs. Yeah. Which Paul replies, they see what they've been told to see. Which, yeah, the whole thing is just... Thought provoking and
0: beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I've only got a few questions, not our usual take. So my question is: When this movie was first announced, you said that you and I were going to watch this in IMAX oh, theaters together. I still will. And <laughs> you did not keep that promise. So, so are you going to watch part two? Oh no, I guess we're not because you're going to be moving. We can't, I can't even ask my question. Is, 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 when does, is, is, when does is, is, is void. I was gonna say, are we gonna watch this one together? And no, we can't, so we might. He I knows. don't even, I, I don't knows. even have a question now.
1: Uh, when does part two come out?
0: I think since we both read the book, we both kind of know what's coming, and so I'm not even gonna ask like what's coming in the sequel or oh, like, what Doom. you're looking forward no, to. No,
1: but... Dune 2 comes out in two years, it's 2023. Oh,
0: 2023,
1: maybe we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? We might just play. I might plan a trip around it. Yeah,
0: maybe so. I'll play a trip around Dune. <laughs> um, yeah, but we won't spoil anything for people that have just um have just watched the movie and haven't read the book. We won't spoil the pol- plot lines or anything uh, for coming yeah. up. So I, I don't have any questions um, unless you have some questions for me.
1: No, let's do uh, grades and. Final, final yeah.
0: thoughts. You want to go first? Yeah, I give it an A plus. I mean, this movie is just super well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pacing, the imagery, the acting, the execution—everything was just spot on. Um, I don't think this is. Some people have said this is going to be the Star Wars of our generation. I don't think that. I think it's going to be a good trilogy. And yeah, I think it. I think it's, it's going to uh, be condensed to
1: that. At the at the sake of sounding pretentious, I think this movie is too well made and too like too much of like a well crafted film to be as popular as a Star Wars.
0: Yeah. For sure. You know, it's just it's there's too much cinematic. It's not a mass
1: appeal thing like Star Wars in the same way that Star Wars is. Yeah. Um I'll give it an A plus as well. Uh this is I mean I have not sat down and like ranked this recently or like thought this through but like I mean there's no way that wasn't one of my ten favorite like theater experiences, mm-hmm. um, watching this on the big screen that definitely one of my 10 favorite like theater experiences ever, yeah. And I'm probably gonna rewatch this movie at some point over the next week, week and a half. Um, and I probably need to before I like go back and like look at my list of 10 favorite movies and see where it, but like it'll
0: be, it'll be up there,
1: it'll be in there. Someone's
0: getting bumped off the top 10. Yeah,
1: at some point though, like I feel like by the end of his trilogy, um. Some point, I'm just gonna have to count them as one movie, yeah, and be like
0: the Dune trilogy,
1: because otherwise, I'll. I feel like if the, if the other two are gonna be as good as this one, I'm just gonna end up having three Dune movies in my top ten movie list ever. Yeah. So, but all that to say, a plus, super great movie, go see it. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of The Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media, and until next time, love you 3000.